Hey, it's Gina with the Good News Girl podcast. Welcome to the show. Really glad to have you here. Hope you enjoy the episode. Everybody, hi, I'm Gina with Good News Girl, Gina with the Good News Girl podcast, and I'm so excited um, to be on here with, I feel like, my best friend. Like, I feel like Amber and I have known each other our entire lives. It's a strange thing, but I truly feel like I have known this woman like we grew up together, but no, really, we just met, and um, I just honor her so highly. This is Amber Twig. And um, do you have a ministry name? I think you might. Yeah, well, I have a couple. Everything is under um, A Twig Ministries, but under that we have a church called Gathered in Glory, which you've been to, and then under that we have uh, um, something called Celebration Brigade. Okay, that's it. And so, you know, Amber, um, she has a book too. I'm going to put that out there. She has a book that talks about her life story, and we'll we'll tell you more about it. But I love this book, Freedom in Seven Days, because it's such an easy read, and there's so much substance behind this book. It's amazing. So anyway, welcome, Amber. I'm so excited to have you on here um, on the Good News Girl podcast. And um, Amber, I just so uh, there is so much about her um, in the the spirit that she carries in God that I love. I love the way she flows in the prophetic. Um, I really love the way she prophetically hunts. I love the way she gets words of knowledge. I mean, there's just so much about her. But she's carrying this message recently about eternal life that has lit something up inside of me. And, you know, I've been saved pretty much for a very, very long time. I wasn't really walking fully with the Lord to the point where I could hear his voice and understood that there's a world system and a kingdom system. So I've heard this word eternal life forever, you know, grew up in the church. But I feel like Amber, you know, she shared this John 10, 10 verse that about life, the thief comes to kill and just to steal and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And there was like this onion. It was like, I started peeling away the layers of this onion. And I want to let Amber just come out of the gate here. Um, with this message we'll hear a little bit i think how it relates to what she comes out of in her story and um but really you can get all of that in her book and it's it's crucial you get this book it's really beautiful but you know i'm a 311 person amber you don't know that my favorite number is 311 i like to think it was my number but god gave me this number and he talks to me about it and ecclesiastes 311 it says he has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has set eternity in our hearts. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. <laughs> so not only does eternal life have no ending, there's no beginning. Ephesians 1, 4, it says, it says there that we were formed before the foundations of the earth. So I just wanted to plow some ground for you to take off on this. And, um, and thank you so much for joining us today. But what do you have to say about eternal life, Amber? Yeah, first, thank you for having me, Gina. Um, you know, when I met you, I was just inspired by life and just knowing God. There's like a vibrancy that's within you that um, 
attracts people that love God to you. I mean, they'll just be attracted to you, Gina. And it's your whole crew, too. I mean, you got Julie on here. You got Colette. You got all of them. It's like you hang out with uh, life. You do. You hang out with life, the substance of Jesus. It's in you. It's in your friends. It's in Bo. You know, it's in all of you guys. And so um, I was just talking on a side note. I was saying, man, this, this sunburn folks, man, they're my kind of people. I mean, I see the radiance of God on them and in them. And so it's an honor to be with you guys. And so, um, yeah, it's just an honor to just to be here. So thanks for doing this. And you know what I heard? I heard only 2% of Christians share about Jesus. You know, it, it, it may seem like something small just doing a podcast, but do you know you're you're in the 2%, which seems crazy, but you're doing amazing. It's like a lover. You know, you're like, you know, in the natural, when someone has a lover, they're calling their friends going, hey, girl, let me tell you about this guy. Let me tell you about, let me tell you how fine she is. Let me tell you how fine he is, you know. But for Christians, man, when they get a hold of him, when they see him, it should be the most intoxicating, the most overwhelming understanding of glory and attraction that we've ever heard of, you know? <laughs> it's, it's something totally different. You know, I've seen the sensual realm try to mimic it, you know, with, and let's just go there, the sensual realm, let's just say sex, drugs, um, success, you know, fame, position. I've seen all of it give crumbs of pleasure or ecstasy or, or some type of meaning to your life. But I've never seen anything like Jesus. He pulls you into the substance of life. It's the source of hope. It's the source of kindness. It's the source of belonging. It's the source of everything that's animated in your life. You know, it's um, when the Lord's uh, presence comes on me, my speech gets a little heavy. And so um, I don't apologize for the Holy Ghost. I love the spirit of the Lord. He's brought me into his being, into a substance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And often... Uh, Jesus, at best, is presented as a sin management program, someone just to manage your behaviors and to make you feel better about all the garbage you've done in your life. At best, he's presented as a sin management program, someone to give you um, better thoughts about yourself. We, we, we represent Jesus like this often. And I thought, my God, he's the one that is holding the whole earth together. The one that is giving me the faculty of understanding and sight. It's as if I'm just thinking, when did we start to belittle Jesus as some kind of club to get into? Or just some type of grammar to memorize? <laughs> so I'm just rambling, but go for it. Yeah. No, no, this is so good. You know, and I love how, and I heard you preach this before, so these are your words, but you shared from Genesis 25 about Esau, how he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. And, you know, and you tied that over to Romans. Um, and this is what you're talking about, Romans 1, I think 25, where it says that they create, they traded worshiping the creator for created things. And so, Amber, you just so beautifully pointed that out, that like, 
we're going to sell ourselves for a measly bean. Is that bean going to nourish us for the rest of our life? Or are we going to trade ourselves for, as you described Jesus, life? You said, you said if somebody would have told me and introduced me to life, it would have saved me from, I mean, life. God, Jesus is life. He's peace. He's perfection. He's protection. He's pleasure. And I read that this morning in Psalm 16. He has pleasures in his, in his hand. I mean, he is everything. And we get to have this for everlasting life. Yeah. Can I say something? Please. Because when Jesus is presented oftentimes, and I'm not um, coming at any kind of message, um, you know, but I'm just saying uh, it's not like optional. It's not like, okay, maybe I'll do Jesus. No. You're in his world. It's like, no, no, if you're alive, you have his breath in your body. If you're able to, to stand, it's because he allows it. If you're able to breathe, it's because he allows it. You know, it's the vastness of God as if oftentimes he's presented as signing up for a program or like a self-help program or some type of uh, AA club or, you know, you know, and oftentimes what I've seen people do is take a little bit of Jesus as if he's a salt to add to their meal, just a little bit of shake here. And then you're, you're going to try to live your life in his world using a body he gave you. I mean, the vastness of the Lord, everlasting life. We can look at this world and see that before our lifetime, other people existed. We can see that when people transition, the spirit goes somewhere. You know, just, just even if people don't know Jesus, we can see that the spirit does leave the body. Where does it go? It returns, man. You know, it's like the knowing, uh, it's from the natural, just living from moment to moment. It went from just that for me to knowing eternity to experiencing the realm of God that I was created for, that you're created for. It's knowing everlasting life and bringing everlasting life into the natural earth. You know, it, it's oftentimes presented like this, Gina. You know, pe people, when they pray, they, they wish people well. They wish people health. But see, Jesus is the spirit of health. He's the spirit of life. It's the spirit of wellness. It's far beyond just wishing someone well. Hopeful thoughts. He's the spirit of hope. Wow. You know, oftentimes he's just an add-on for well-meaning, well-wishing thoughts. But he is the substance that gave you the mind to create the thoughts. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about life, the source of all creation. <laughs> <laughs> He, he formed us from nothing. I mean, how can we be bored with a creator who has formed us from all of these things? You know, and I hear you, Amber, and we can find programs to manage behavior. You can get an addict clean and set free, but if they don't know God, their soul is as worse off as it was before when they were addict, just as badly addicted. You can see the fruit in behavior management, but that doesn't equal a change in what's inside of you. Can I say something? You yes. said addict. Yeah. I often talk about this because um, what happens is pleasure is not wrong. It is not wrong to want pleasure. It says at his right hand, is pleasures forevermore. 
And his right hand represents power. So he's saying, I have powerful pleasures forevermore. To want pleasure is not wrong. But we're taught that um, the more you suffer, the more you know God. That's what we're taught. The more you suffer and discipline your, um, your sinful behaviors is the closer you are to God. Wow. That is not what... The Holy Ghost does. He is the source of pleasure. That is that is the representation of religious systems and man-made uh, ideas to keep your behavior in line. So it says, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's not wrong to want pleasures. People go and they have sexual relationships to get a little bit of pleasure. Maybe a little, I hope I can say this, little orgasm and then you're left you know, oh, you are free to be you. Come on. Yeah, And then you're left wanting it again, selling your God given value to a created thing when it's meant for the creator. <laughs> and then people that take drugs, it's not wrong to want to be uh, in a pleasure, euphoric zone. It's, it's not wrong, but wow. that system will cost you something you cannot afford to pay. God says it's available in me, unspeakable joy. I'm talking about an ecstasy in God. If you want to verse four, second Corinthians five thirteen. that word besides myself, if I'm besides myself, ecstasy me out of my body, insane euphoric. It's because God is doing it to me. No one talks about this kind of stuff. But people are begging for it. That's why they're going to use drugs. That's why they're hooking up sexually. And they're left with regret. Regret. They're left with shame. But in the pleasure zone of God, that doesn't happen. And you never have to be a beggar for it. You don't have to beg him. Could you just touch me? Could you just want me? Could you just, I mean, could you just come near me? No, no. He says, honey, I'm going to possess you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to do my life through you and I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> wow. You know, remember that's, you know, I, we all come from some place of the world, but what you're talking about here is what I didn't know is that you can love Jesus and not have to also serve a world system. So we get so wrapped up in this, like, I got to look really good. I have to have the right job. I have to have the right faces and the right friends. I have to be in the right circle. This is what I'm coming from, you know. This is where I come out of. And it's like, then I, I, when you learn that you don't have to please anybody else. Yeah. But you can come follow on. the voice of your Savior. You don't have to run to everybody to give you validation. Come the on. voice of the one who created you talks to you. You don't need a prophetic word from every online prophet. You can hear God. And so you can be saved and walking in this world system place, you know, and it it deceives and lies to all of us. And I love what you just shared about, oh, that's just so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. To think that that our God loves us so much that he created us, knew us before the foundations of the earth and put us in the world right now today. Come on. The pandemic isn't surprising him. He knew about COVID when he formed us. He knew what we would be facing in the church right now and that there would be these Facebook lives. I'm giving God glory right now that I can get on here and excited with my friend talking about eternal life and broadcast it. And Amber and I were talking about this before we jumped on. We're not news professionals. 
But here we are sharing the message of the world to the world, the message of Jesus to the world. Yeah. Have you, have, were you trapped in a world system ever, Amber? Oh yeah. You know, um, I mean, this is the thing, you know, I've been in every aspect of the world. I mean, in sensual relationships, I've been in the self-promoting system where, um, you know, I was a model where I was as valued as my image was. So if people wanted my image, therefore I was in. Um, I've been in the popular systems, you know, in in schools where, you know, it's your popularity, your beauty, how rude you can be to people was cool. (laughs) It it gains you popularity. Uh, I've been in all those systems, but they don't love you. Those systems don't love you. They don't provide you with peace. They may provide you with um, position and um, selfish ambition, but at the cost of what? You know, at the cost of what? Um, I've been in some some amazing situations where people would be like, oh, you've made it. Well, that's not the case. Because if you look at these famous people, you look at people that are super rich and, and you see that um, their life is a mess. They can have, they, they can attain everything in the world. They can trade into every system, the who's who's of society, um, you know, you, you name it, you can fill it in there. But still, nothing has the ability to give them life. No matter what you trade in this system, in this worldly system, you see that it only lasts in this world. And you see that you trade into a system of decay a system that constantly changes. And so uh, maybe I'm rabbit trailing, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I would try outward stuff to fix an inward problem. You know, I, I would try an outward program to fix an inward problem. Only Jesus can give you a new heart. Only Jesus can give you the spirit of hope. Only Jesus can give you love. Nobody loves God by themselves. Says that the, 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 the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. No wonder people hate themselves. No wonder they're trapped in selfish ambition, not having value. Nobody can give you love. And what I mean by that is uh, love doesn't seek its own. It, it doesn't require anything to be complete. That's the difference in Jesus. That's the difference in God. God doesn't need anything from anybody. He just is love. He is acceptance. He is kindness. He doesn't say, I'm going to do this for you. Now I need you to do it back for me so that I know that you appreciate me. Oftentimes we're caught in that, that, you know, and love is, love is complete. I think I'm rabbit trailing, but yeah. No, go. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. And I heard you yesterday talking about the father, how he ran for us, that he loved us. And it was wild because I just was listening to Corey Russell and he, he brought something um, up in Luke 15 with the prodigal son. Do you know the father? It says in, in verse 20, it said, while he was still a long way off, the, he ran for him. The father runs for us in these places. We think that we're so unworthy of something. There is nobody, there is nobody that cannot have God run for them. There's no one, no, no place you've been. 
There's nobody in the, in the corrupt government who can't be wooed by Jesus. There's nobody in any industry. You know, you heard it, you heard it from Amber. She said she's done it all. She was a model. I know you have children. You were married. None of those things gave you life. No, none of them. And I, I, now here's the thing. I was talking yesterday about Adam and Eve in the garden and when they were aware of their nakedness and that word nakedness um, is from the, the, the word er, which means to exposed craftiness was found in their heart and in their understanding. So when they became very aware of their craftiness against God, they became sin conscious. Now, probably like you, I had grown up around Jesus with the grammar and the teachings, get your life right, Jesus is coming, all of that, but it didn't really create a heart that loved God. It never created a heart that loved God or uh, transformation. And so I was uh, considering Adam and Eve in the garden. And when they became exposed to the craftiness that had entered their heart, you know, the enemy came and put a seed, which is a word. And so the word always enters the heart, much like we're hearing the word now, the word of God enters, you know. And um, although we do have the seed, Jesus, that multiplies himself in our lives, he is the seed that was given. And so... Yeah, but so Adam and Eve, they were aware of the nakedness. They were aware of the craftiness against God, and they became sin conscious. They became aware that they missed it. You know, that word sin is um, missing the mark, failure. They became very aware that they missed it. Wow. And all of a sudden, they tried to cover up, and, and they tried to cover up on their own account. It didn't make God run away from them. It didn't stop God from coming and covering them. Even though they had, they had just wrecked all of humanity, what we would consider all of humanity, it didn't stop God from coming and covering them, making clothes by, you know, by his very own hands, fashioning, and then making a way out. I don't even see where it says, oh God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I, I don't really see Adam and Eve doing that. Because he's good and he's awesome. He says, I'm going to cover you and make a way. Even though you're jacked up, eventually you'll, you'll want me because I'm all that. You know what I mean? You'll want this system. You'll get tired of the system of missing it, man. You know, the system of missing the mark, always failing. That's what sin is. It's the system of failure, you know. And when we're given a new nature, it says that our nature has been changed. So that word for sin is also the word failure, and the word for nature is also the word species. So when you died with Jesus, he eradicated the failure species in you. You know, I'm just rambling, but yeah. No, this brought up something so big just now, just the Holy Spirit illuminated, you know. This COVID going around, we're terrified that we might share it, spread it to somebody. Oh my gosh, what if it's... I'm responsible for harming someone. Imagine Adam and Eve are responsible for the fall and destruction of the world. You just said something so huge and profound. They didn't even apologize. No, and it didn't stop God's goodness from coming or his plans from happening. Take that into the world right we now. We can't qualify Come ourselves. On. Yeah, take that message into the world. You know, with all the craziness in politics, it doesn't stop the goodness of God from coming and his plans from being established. Look at the garden. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> he is coming. And, and everything else is shaking because he is coming. It's a surefire thing. It's done. Nobody has to vote the king in. Nobody has to bring a policy 
for him to arrive. He is coming and he's on his way to set his kingdom on the earth. Come on, he's in your heart. I see him burning in you. You see him in me, he's here. You see, he's in the hearts of mankind. You can't stop it. It's God. <laughs> yes, and I will shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> Jesus is my king. I have eternal life because of him. And you know, I'm thinking about, so if you're counseling somebody who's struggling with something, what is the answer? The answer is more Jesus. The yeah. answer is more of God. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel like I need this issue just resolved. I need to change my behavior right now. I need to never do this again in order to be repentant. Okay. This is the, a mindset that we have. And yet over time, if we just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and fixed on him, we realize that these things start to slowly fall off because they can't stay in his presence. It burns, he, his presence burns off the chaff. So the answer is always more of his presence. If you ask me, it's more God, it's more Jesus. You can't really get more of something that's already inside of you, but it's dwelling, allowing that to dwell and burn off everything else inside of you. Am I making sense with what Oh, yes. Is? That it, it is in him. Life itself is in him, the presence. And yes, we can't get more of it, but we can become keenly aware of it. That's it. We can draw from our union in God. It's, yeah. You know, he is the vine. We are the branches. Every source of hope is drawn from him. Every source of acceptance and kindness is drawn from him. All of your life source, your passions, your creativity is drawn from him, the source of life, as if we could ever separate from God. You know, it's, it's so crazy to me. It's too late for us. We've, we've tasted the possession of the Christ. I mean, you know, it says, where would we go? The disciples are asking. Jesus says, do you want to leave too? And they say, where would we go? You have the words to eternal life. Who else can give me life? Nothing can. Can the education give me life? Bring me into the realm of eternity to know God. Can a marriage bring me into the realm of eternity to know God? Can, can, can you being an awesome parent... Uh, bring you into the realm of knowing your creator and having life in your body. No, nothing can give it to you. Nothing. There's nothing in the world that can offer you life. You know, <laughs> you said something uh, on another live stream you did about, you know, being single and I'm single. So I appreciated what you had to share. Sometimes I feel like, you know, do people look at me like I'm strange because, you know, I'm not married. I'm not. But what you said, Amber, and I, I think I needed your wisdom about three months ago before I got a puppy. <laughs> Don't do anything to satisfy an emotional need because unless it's going to push you further into God, and this just isn't about being single. This isn't about, you know, that. But unless, and I'm not, I don't want to, misquote you. I'm not saying it verbatim. You obviously had better words for it, but unless it's going to push you further into God, what is the point of anything? Oh, that's a great topic. I mean, you're utterly gorgeous, Gina. You love God. Uh, you have an amazing personality. I think it's the safety of God protecting you, <laughs> keeping you. your heart tender in a place of peace where you don't experience emotional garbage. Amen. It's I mean, I think it's a, a place of safety. And, and so um, single, I'm single. Yeah. You know, and um, 
and beautiful. And I'll, I'll tell you, thank you, the kindness of the Lord. You know, I, I often thought, because, you know, it's not that we couldn't date. You could go get a date, honey. I could go get a date. But is it, is it, is that temporary thing that may not be, you know, who, who you can do life with to show the earth who Jesus is better? I, I, I see marriage as if you're going to get involved with somebody, look at them as if when you guys are together, your life shows Jesus even more. That's a great gauge on on finding a mate because we could all hook up for, oh, they look good. Um, <laughs> I could feel wanted, you know, um, but at the cost of what? At the cost of what? Uh, emotional garbage or um, stuff that's not built on the kingdom of God. Anything that's not built out of the substance of God will crumble, you know, so it's like you trade all your eternal peace that God, God has given you, eternal joy, knowing God, able to be joyful and give life to others, um, to do what? Fill an emotional need, like you just said, you know. And so the more you see God in the beauty of the bridegroom and the bride relationship, you, you won't settle or be swindled into emotional hype or... Um, the idea that you will be complete when you get a mate because the one that is complete lives in you the holy ghost is complete he's yeah. fused himself with you and so i think i rambled there but yeah oh i loved it i loved it i just think that's so beautiful because it's always about the motive there's nothing wrong with having a great wonderful beautiful marriage we bless it and we love it and god wants us to have pleasures that's it's not about stripping us of our pleasures and that's what we were talking about we god wants us to have all these wonderful things but he also wants to defend he knows the motive of our heart and our heart posture and that's what he's after you know and why we're gonna if, if you're saved you're gonna you know, get through this earth and go to heaven. But what's the point? You know, John 17 verse three says, this is eternal life that they may know the one true God and Jesus Christ, his son. Eternal life starts here and now. So many people think, oh, you know, once I die, I'll live forever. No, you already have eternal life because eternal life lives inside of you. And that's the point of, of what Amber was preaching on. John 10, 10 life you know, Jesus is life and you can have fullness in him. Everything. He's everything. Yeah. I love that because oftentimes, you know, most of us, we were presented with, okay, you've been saved, but now it's all, it's up to you. Try to get by as best you can in this earth. And then one day, ha, you know, it'll be the sweet by and by and everything will be amazing. It's like, it's presented like that. So that you would dumb down the power inside of you so that you would dumb down your relationship with the almighty God so that you wouldn't walk in signs, wonders, miracles and give life away. It's dumbed down like that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Come on, man. It's like the biggest disillusion. Yo, okay, so God saved your spirit, you're made new, and one day you'll meet him and experience glory, but not on this side. You figure this part out yourself. Oftentimes it's taught like that. You're just surviving, getting by, you know, until until you depart. 
because it wants to dumb down the gift inside of you. Paul says to Timothy, don't forget the gift, everlasting life, the Prince of Peace, uh, bringing healings, um, resurrections, all of it, you know. It's for right now in this earth. Yeah. And I'm just looking at your shirt. Oh, Jesus. You know, people can get your shirt, right? They can purchase it yeah. from you. Yeah. Go on my website, embertwig.com. I have a, oh, Jesus is probably one of my favorites. And then I have Jealous Jesus. You know, I love je the jealousy of Jesus. I love that Jesus isn't passive about his feelings towards us. Most of this world tells us, oh, well, you know, if that person doesn't like you, you probably don't want to show how you really feel. Jesus doesn't care. He wants you regardless if you want him back. He's passionate about you. He's possessive about you. I mean, he pursues you. He hunts you down. He openly displays his body for you, saying, I want you. And the whole world's going to see how much I want you. And so I have a shirt called Jealous Jesus. It says, I, I want you just with me. I want you forever. I want you with me forever. Yeah, but yeah, embertwig.com. I just love that because it's, oh, Jesus. It's like, oh, this is what I've been trying to fix in my own strength. These are the things I've been trying to run after and, and do and make for myself to have a great life, the perfect um, house with the white picket fence and all the right friends. Oh, I'm so excited about this live stream. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is the party. I've been planning this party and my friends are coming over now. I've just got so excited because we have come to give him glory. That's why we're here. Yeah. We have come to glorify Jesus Christ on this broadcast. And Amber, oh my gosh, she is so gracious to have agreed to join me on here. I'm just so blown away by this. God is so good. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, um, I, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. I saw this live video. I saw it. God showed it to me. And he said, you can pursue it and walk in the favor that I've lined out for you, or you can just not do it. These are the things. This isn't about works, you guys. It's about doing things in the timing of the Lord. He set this up, you know, and uh, both of us happen to be home because we've both been kind of sick and under the water. And the Lord here we are boasting in our weakness for Jesus. Wow. We could just stay home and, you know, wow. under a blanket and watching Hallmark movies because that's what I like to do. <laughs> I love them. Me too. <laughs> My guilty pleasure. I saw you were watching them. I love them. But, you know, here we are glorifying the Lord. And this is work, you guys. This is hard work. It's not. It's, it's easy. It's enjoyable, not. though, isn't it? But it's laboring for him is what I'm trying to say. But the labor, the burden is light. It's easy. Yeah. yeah, come on. It's like, and we get to have conversations that pull people into life. A lot of people are talking. They're, you know, talking about stuff. But it's it's these, this word, these words, this conversation that pulls people into knowing him, you know. And, and listen, man, I mean, I became obsessed with the reality that Jesus said he's completeness, that uh, he is pleasure that he is all of that. And I, I love to actually see that he's not a liar for real. I mean, we, we hear it, you know, but there's something different than when you're living out of that reality and it's available in God. It is the spirit of God. The spirit of God is not something you do or a place you go to get into. He's in you. You live from him. It's, it's the source of every um, 
divine thought, intelligence. I mean, we could just talk about living in the spirit. It's not something you put on like a hat or a mantle. No, no, it's it's the substance of the bread. It's what's in your body all the time. It's, it's who he is all the time. It's wow. a source to live out of. It's not like just a good idea or some good philosophy that you just chat about. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of, yeah, okay. just seeing God correctly. You know, I, I love seeing God correctly. Oftentimes, Gina, you know, the um, problems and the enemies presented as somebody big. But do you know what happened when Jesus came on the scene to the enemy? They freaked out. But do you know what happened when people saw the resurrected king? Their bodies couldn't take it. All that glory. The resurrected God. They fell. They collapsed dead. They had to be strengthened just to stand in his presence. Just to hear God. You know, it means he has to keep your eardrums intact so they don't explode from all that glory. To behold Christ and you still have your sight. I mean, seeing God correctly. Do you know what I mean? Like the glory, unspeakable. When when people went into um, visions and they saw God, they couldn't even communicate the glory realm. I love seeing God correctly because it shows the vastness of who he is and who we get to have friendship with. You're, you're friends with him. Come on, man. I know people that would never associate with me, probably never associate. He associates himself with us. That's incredible. Come on. You know, people want to know the who's who's of society, but talk about the creator. You know, the creator, not something created, but the creator. It's amazing we have friendship with God. Yeah. I was reading about that in Genesis 18, actually. I think it's 18, um, a couple weeks ago where, you know, uh, God says, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Should I tell my friend Abraham my plans? He didn't have to tell Abraham his plans. He didn't. He had a plan. But he said, I'm going to tell him. And Abraham says, what? Well, wait a minute, God. Wait a minute. What if I can find 50 righteous people in that town? God says, I'm going to go down there. And if I see it for myself, what it looks like from up here, it's done. I mean, he had the plan. But then they start bargaining. God's like, you know, Abraham, you're my friend, so I'm going to bargain with you. Come on now. Abraham, the intercessor, got him talked down. And who knows if he would have kept going. Maybe he could have got him the whole way down. But I just think it's such a beautiful example of Jesus as friend. And maybe I'm rabbit trailing now. But I love the rabbit trail. No, I love that because it shows God's delight in having conversation with humanity. It's important. It, it, it's because oftentimes we're, 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 we're taught the uh, slave master system. I'm right, you're wrong, you do what I say, and there's no communication here. But God is all about communicating with his kids. Even uh, when he goes to feed um, the, the five, five, low, five fishes, and I forget, but the story where he feeds with the fish and the bread, and he says, hey, can you go, you know, let's feed the people. I think I'm butchering that, but you know the story. Yeah. But you know what he, he, he says? He says, um, he asked the disciples, 
uh, what they were going to do just to see what they'd say. He always gives us opportunities to represent the miraculous realm. I think he was pulling them into that, going, ha, 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 look at me. Do you know who's here in your midst? He always gives them opportunities to catch on and, and like, oh, we got them. We got the Messiah. God himself is here. You know, he gives them opportunities to do that. I love that. That's friendship with God, you know? It's so beautiful. Yeah. Amber, do you have any practical tips about like reading the word and, and getting, cause I just, I love to release the impartation for grabbing hold of the word and just when it comes to life, do you have any uh, practical tips about that? Yeah, that's amazing. So when I read the word, I read it from the Hebrews standpoint where it says, I come in the volume of the book, the whole Bible, read it from this is about Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. And it's always to draw you into life, into him. So when you go to read it, if you're reading the word apart from the finished work of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross, you'll get scared. You won't want to know him. You'll still think he's coming to judge you and you won't get close to him. So the lens that you read the word from is what he accomplished. And the lens that you read the word from is your union, never to be separated from God. That is probably the best advice I could probably give you, you know, or anybody when, when reading the word um, and reading it from a point of view that the victory on the cross is true, that it's victorious in your life, meaning he did conquer sin within your life and believing what he accomplished. That way you can see yourself especially in the correct timeline of god if not you'll still be waiting for the messiah to come and get on the cross it's like yeah so that's good that yeah. is good i just released that impartation for yeah. reading the word it's just oh my gosh because these revelations come about and getting to know him in his word and that's how we become his friend and those types of things but yeah that's so good yeah and nothing is cooler than jesus I say that because, you know, you ever, I mean, people can get out there as if they have a separate revelation that's more awesome than Jesus. No, Jesus is the most awesome revelation. And so just read it uh, with the completeness of Jesus in mind all the time that he is the fullness of revelation of every amazing thing. And you won't get uh, pulled here and there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Would you pray for us to get a revelation to see Jesus rightly? Yeah. Could you could you release that over everybody? Yeah. Holy Ghost, I love you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Father, I thank you. King Jesus, release the revelation of who you are in our lives, God. Father, I ask for constant thoughts of life to see you in who you are. Everything you are, Jesus, how you are, God. The unveiling of your majesty, of your glory, of the source of life, of kindness, of forgiveness, intense pleasure. Father, let us see you in the victorious accomplishment of what you did on the cross. Father, but let it be active in our life, God. Let us be able to communicate this reality to other people. Father, let us represent you just like Jesus had a revelation of the nature of God, of who he was. God, I thank you for that within us, that we would see eternity, Jesus. And the joy, the victory of who you are, God, and your friendship, that we would see it, God. 
that we would perceive it enough to live out of it, God, and bring others into the reality that it would be the substance we live from. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. That's powerful. Would everybody who's live right now join me and just blessing Amber? I just want to say thank you, Amber. I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. And I just pray abundance over you and just more, 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 God. Just increase her, God, further and further and further in the name of Jesus. And um, I just, I feel like Amber, um, you know how Paul says, I've become all things to all people. I almost feel like I see you and I'm just going to go on a limb here. God's like, Oh, what can I put Amber? I feel like he can put you literally anywhere and there's a relatable piece to you. Like you can step in any place and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Amber, I get her. I understand her. She's the deal. She's conveying something that uh, part of me, I feel like he could put you with, you know, the models. He could put you with an NFL player. I feel like he could put you with um, uh, a military person. I just feel like you can go anywhere and God's like, I'm going to bless it. And I'm, and she is going to be, it's almost like a chameleon type thing. You can just step right in, in a good way and fit in anywhere you go. I love that. Wow. That is incredible. Thank you, Lord. I don't even know if you knew I was in the company of the NFL. You just said that. No, God put me right in there, you know, hanging around the NFL players and everything. That was a legit thing that happened. So you're just speaking spirit. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, and thank you for joining us. Um, I loved it. Guys, I love you and I bless you. Go get her book. It's right on Amazon, Freedom in Seven Days, Amber Twig. And check her out, ambertwig.com, and get one of those shirts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Where else can people follow you, Amber, to get the, this revelation of life? You can go on my Facebook page, uh, Amber Frazy Twig, or you can go on my YouTube channel, Amber Twig. Yeah. You know, your ministry is beautiful. Um, Facebook Live ministry is very powerful. <laughs> I love the media anointing on you. And um, I feel like it's so refreshing. You know, I can't watch everybody all the time, but the spirit was calling me towards something that you carry. And guys, this isn't about boasting somebody up on a on a pedestal. This is about honoring what they carry in God. It's a big deal. And so I just thank you for that. And thank you for joining us. Um, you are such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you. Thank you so much, Gina. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Hope we get to do this again. Bless you. Bye. Bye, guys. Love y'all.